Today's Book Bite is sponsored by Readsy, the publishing ecosystem for writers at any stage in their publishing journey. Two Lit Chicks Book Bites with Julia Boggio. Welcome to this week's Book Bite. Today, I'm excited to be chatting with Tom Bromley, who has basically done every job in publishing and is now the head of learning for Readsy. Tom's been working in publishing for 25 years, starting off as a bookseller in Waterstones, and then he went to work at Little Brown as a copywriter. He was the poor person who had to write the blurbs for the back of books, <laughs> which is pretty much every writer's idea of the seventh level of hell, but he seemed to enjoy it. Uh, from there, he went on to be a commissioning editor, an editorial director, creative writing instructor, and ghostwriter, which is what we're going to talk to him about today. So welcome to the show, Tom. Uh, thanks for having me. Lovely to be here. So I did think that was quite funny when I was reading through your bio that, that you were the man who wrote the blurbs uh, in the beginning, uh, which, as I've said, no writer enjoys doing that, <laughs> for their own books at least. So uh, for you, was that, did you enjoy that experience? Yeah, I loved it, actually. I mean, it, it was my sort of introduction job into, into publishing. And what I liked about it was that I had to read everything. So you'd go into the office on a, on a Monday morning and there'd be a pile of manuscripts on, on your desk for you to read. Um, a Little Brown, you know, amazing publishing house. So there was literary fiction, there was commercial fiction, there was women's fiction, there was uh, science fiction, fantasy, uh, kind of crime thrillers. And it meant that for me, I read a lot of stuff that I wouldn't normally read. Uh, and I think going on to become an editor, also in terms of my own writing, it was one of the most useful jobs that I, I ever did. And actually that skill as well of distilling down a, you know, 100,000 word manuscript into 150 words was, um, it's a really useful skill to have actually. Um, oh, yes. So yeah, I, I, yeah, it was the only shame where it didn't pay better. I would have quite happily done that job, <laughs> job for a long time. Yeah, it was good annoying? fun. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of the you know things that I've always said from doing this podcast that um, I've learned is that reading outside of your own genre is so important because there's always something to be learned from any type of book. So um, so yeah, you got yeah. that you got that lesson early on, which is definitely yeah, and I, yeah. and I, and I think with the you know with with the novel course I'm teaching now one of one of the principles behind that that I always say is that you know uh, a, a good writer is a good reader and the more that you read and and read well and read widely uh, the better uh, a writer you'll become so yeah def definitely that that is a you know the starting point to you know if you're an editor or you know want to be a writer or whatever I, th I think reading is crucial for me because mm, I've been working on that since I was about five years old so I'm good there good <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to chat a bit about ghostwriting today um, and, and just for our listeners can you just define what ghostwriting is uh, yes that's a good question I mean I think ghostwriting mainly is where you are hired uh, to write a book uh, on, on behalf of someone else. So predominantly, I suppose, it tends to be in the form of uh, memoir and autobiography. That's where it's been historically. That that's where I've done most of my ghostwriting. Um, so you will be teamed up with a with a celebrity or uh, a particular person, and then collaborate with them to kind of write the book. Um, I just have that slight pause in it because it, it, in my experience, it varies from book to book. So sometimes, as a ghostwriter, you write the whole thing. Sometimes the process is more collaborative, and you're writing the book together. Sometimes that the person has written the book, and you're rewriting it. Um, sometimes it's more of an editing job. So I find it's a little bit of a sliding scale, but ghostwriting, as most people understand, would be, I don't know, as with the Prince Harry book, where a ghostwriter is hired and he's written the book on that person's behalf. 
Mm. And it's interesting because sometimes the ghostwriter is credited and sometimes not credited. So in the case of Harry's book, of course, his ghostwriter was was credited. But with your the ones that you've done, you've never been credited on them. Is that correct? Generally, yes. I mean, I mean, the Prince Harry one was a funny one, and I don't think he's actually credited on the book, but he, you know, the, the word got out, and I Everyone think he knows, was yeah. he was quite happy to advertise the fact that he'd written it. So it was, yeah. it was a slightly <laughs> different situation. I mean, in my experience, it really varies from book to book. So sometimes uh, the person you're working with is quite happy for you to be credited, and you you find that your name is there on on the title page. Sometimes you're thanked euphemistically in the um, in the credits. Sometimes you're not mentioned at all. Um, I'm I'm quite relaxed about it. I'm, I'm not someone who thinks, oh, well, I've I've written this. My name should be on the front or something like that. Um, so from a from a writing perspective, I don't mind. Um, I think there is a question sometimes from a reading perspective whether the reader feels that they want to know whether someone else has been uh, involved or not. But that's that's a different question, I think. Well, there's been a lot of buzz on social media from writers in the past couple of weeks after the publication of Millie Bobby Brown's novel, 19 Steps, um, ostensibly because of the fact that it was ghostwritten, which they've been very uh, open about. But I'd love to hear your opinion on that kind of furor that <laughs> that's sort of been happening among writers. Well, I think it... It sort, of, it sort of bubbles up occasionally. So I remember one, I do remember a few years ago, there's another a writer called Zoella, uh, who was a, um, a kind of YouTuber who wrote um, uh, a novel, uh, a young adult novel called Girl Online, which I think at the time was the, it was the fastest selling debut uh, in, in, in publishing history, in UK publishing history at the time. And then there was a story that actually she hadn't written the whole thing herself. And then um, a ghostwriter was credited and then was uh, listed as a, a sort of editorial consultant. Um, I mean, for me, I, I, I always separate out between kind of nonfiction books like memoir um, and then what are sort of called celebrity novels. I think with a the memoir, there's lots of people there who um, have had fun, fantastic, really interesting life stories um, that people want to hear about. Um, mm. I mean, I've worked with people like uh, sort of footballers and sports stars, for example, um, who sort of left school at 16 Um and you know needed you know someone there with them to help tell their story and i, I think that is uh, legitimate and, and reasonable and absolutely fair enough i think with celebrity novels it's a slightly different case because for me a novel is a, is a is a different beast um so the question is how much um I think as a reader, I want to know whether that person has been involved in the writing or not. So someone like uh, Richard Osman, for example, who's been hugely successful with his crime books, you know, is a is a celebrity figure, but he's, you know, he's written them himself. Um, sometimes you get celebrity novels like the Millie Bobby Brown book, where actually they've been quite upfront that there's been a ghostwriter involved. Um, and you've had previous uh, celebrities like Katie Price, for example, uh, wrote a series of novels and again kind of credited the ghostwriter with writing those. Um, sometimes you get celebrities where that person isn't mentioned. And I, I think that for me is a little bit more uh, difficult. I mean, I suppose what the readers want from a celebrity novel is authenticity that that yeah. that's what you're that's what you're generally looking for so with millie bobby brown i th i think from what i've read that there's a it was linked to a kind of family story or there was something that happened in a family's past that was where the book had come out from um I mean, I know, uh, you know, I, I know ghosts who work, for example, with those former sas soldiers um and again I guess I guess the SAS guy can bring in authenticity. He can tell 
that goes what it's like to be in that moment. So it adds something to the novel. Um, but I think it's a it's a it's a grey area, and it's not something I've ever particularly done. I, I tried it once with a military guy, and I have to say I find it very difficult because when I write my own fiction, you're as a writer you're putting something of yourself into the you know into the mix into the story um so to write a novel as someone else i think is really hard um mm. and i have to say i've never i've never done it myself successfully and i don't think that other that people really realize how incredibly prevalent ghostwriting in fiction is because you know you get some you know uh, crime series and or ya sto- stories where there's a lot of the books like james patterson um, where ghostwriters do come in and they help to fill in those gaps uh, because of the, the publishing schedule and the demand for books with that person's name on. So, um, so yeah, I think I think people, <laughs> from reading comments in various social media things, I think people really didn't realize how incredibly prevalent that is. Yeah, and I think with James Patterson, I mean, I think that's just generally acknowledged, isn't it, on the you know on the front mm. or the title page. But I mean, he, you know, and that that schedule is they're publishing what yeah. sort of f- 15, 20 books a year. I mean, there's no way he yeah. could write he could write that many. <laughs> um, so that's a system. But I guess he's you know he's got such a good eye for a story or whatever that then he can work yeah. with someone to kind of increase that. And I think sometimes with novels and celebrity novels, it's it's almost like a brand extension. So in the same way that you have. I don't know, celebrity perfumes or celebrity clothing. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's yeah. seen they as... They didn't an, design it. They didn't sit at the perfumery no. coming up with the smells. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, 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 you're selling the yeah. brand and that is what exactly. people, are, people are buying into, which for, you know, is, is a different thing to, you know, how some people perceive publishing and fiction and books, you know, what that's about. So it's that sort of commercial world clashing, I suppose, with a more traditional view of what publishing is. Yeah. So how did you get into ghostwriting? I got into it. I sort of fell into it, really. Um, so I guess I'd been a, I'd been a commissioning editor. I'd done lots of editing, and I'd also written my own books. Uh, and a project came up to work with, uh, what should I call him? I'll call him a, a sports celebrity. So he'd he'd written he'd written his own memoir, um, but not particularly well. He'd written it on a typewriter. Actually, he was he he wasn't a young wow. guy. Um, <laughs> So then I was brought in to, to to work on this script, and it was a combination of two things. So part of it was editing this 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 long type script and type typewritten script. That's easy for me to say down. Uh, but also there are bits where you had to write it as well. So I suppose it was it was a bit of editing, uh, well primarily editing and a bit of writing. Um, so that was my way in as a sort of hybrid job. And then having done that job, I then got uh, offered a, a straight ghostwriting gig by the same editor. Um, and then the career sort of came out from there. It tended to be word of mouth. So the, that person's uh, agent led on to another book and that led to, led to a book with another publisher. And it sort of built out from there. But I think it was that background of editing and writing that got me the the, the gig in the first place. Mm. Mm. So now let's say you're given a new project, you know, they haven't written anything. What's your what's your process for, for going into the, the project? So the first thing I always do is to ask for a meeting uh, with 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 the person. Um, I think I think what's crucial for me, and I think when you're writing a kind of memoir and autobiography, is that you you get on with this person, you connect, because when you're doing the job, you're tending to spend. I normally would spend sort of 30, 40, 50, 50 hours doing interviews with this person. So if you don't get on or connect, 
those interviews are going to be difficult. You're not going to get the stuff out of the um, out of the person that you need to get. Um, and generally, it's a not like a beauty parade, but you're you know that that person will probably be seeing two or three ghostwriters and deciding which one they want to work with. Um, and it works both ways. So sometimes they come back and say, actually, I think I connect better with with this other person which is fair enough, you know, and I've had it the other way as well, where I've come out of the meeting thinking, actually, you know what, I don't particularly want to work with you. I don't think we connect, so it's not going to be a, a good book. Um, but if it does go swimmingly and, and you like that, then you would do the interviewing process first. So I would normally come up with a with a, with a a structure for the interviews. Those take place generally over, I don't know, two to three months, depending on um, how busy the, the celebrity is. Um, I like to have them spaced out because I think you, you tend to find that um, you interview someone for a few hours and it's it, it's quite a tiring thing to do, but also having done the interview, they then remember other stuff. Um, so if you just try and block book it and do it all in a week, you don't get that, uh, you know, that extra material coming in. Um, then you go away and write, normally have a look at a, a, a sample chapter first, so everyone's happy with the, with the style and the voice. Then write the whole thing and then, you know, get stuck into the editing process. Um, but as I say, every 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 book's different. I mean, that that's when it's like a clean book where you're just doing the interviewing. Sometimes you're working with someone who wants to write bits of it themselves. Sometimes it involves a little bit more research. So it, it does vary um, from project to project. I mean, and you're, you write your own work as well. So do you find that when you're working on these projects, you can't be working on your own thing at the same time? Or do you work on them in tandem? I think I, I can I can I can do other stuff when I'm doing the interviewing. I think when you're writing, it's a bit like I think it's a bit like acting. It, you know, you're you're getting into that voice and you're you're playing that role as you're writing. So I find it hard to um, work on more more than one book at once uh, at, at that moment. So once once you once you're writing, you, you're all in um, mm. and giving it your all for, for that for that for that chunk of time. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and how are ghostwriters? paid uh do you do you just get like one lump sum or do you get royalties or a mix of both or uh again it really varies on the on the project um i mean i suppose the two the two usual ways is you either get offered a, a flat fee um or you get offered um a, a share of the ad advance and the royalties um it tends to depend whether you come in at the beginning so if I'm approached by an agent, then you're you're writing the proposal, and then that tends to be more a, a share of, of, of the monies. Um, if you're approached by a publisher, they've usually already acquired the book, and then they've got a fee, um, a sum that they've put into the costing for the ghostwriters. So that's what is what that's what's there in the mix. Um, but it, yeah, it, it does it, it does vary from 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 book to book, and it's one of those ones. Um, yeah, as a ghostwriter, you sort of think, you know, should I t should I take the money or do I go for the percentage? It's a bit like um, it was. It's Anthony Daniels, wasn't it, in in Star Wars, who played C three PO, mm -hmm. who had that had that choice between the flat fee and the and the percentage, and he chose the flat fee. Oh <laughs> gosh, sometimes you get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, it sounds like a good way as a writer to kind of, you know, ameliorate your own profits from from writing, um, you know, because as we all know, <laughs> writing can, you know, can be up and down as far as what you're making from it. Um, so what advice would you have to somebody who wanted to get into ghostwriting now? I think the biggest difficulty, I mean, people do ask me that sometimes, I think the, it, it, it's finding your in in the first place. Um, mm. So as, a, as an editor, 
having worked with different ghostwriters, they tend to be people who have either been editors themselves or they've been journalists um, with a particular um, you know experience or knowledge that they you know they can draw on. Um, Sometimes it, it comes from fiction writers, or I think it's a little bit harder to to, to get into ghostwriting that way. Um, it's 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 finding that first that first gig. I I, I think is 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 this is the difficult bit to do because it's not it's not a kind of straightforward career choice, or you know the the way that the the, the gigs get um, get given out isn't isn't straightforward either. It's not like you will see an advert on LinkedIn saying. You know, here's <laughs> a ghostwriting job, please. It. <laughs> like, yeah, it, te- it, t- it tends to be word of mouth. So the hardest thing is, is finding that 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 first job. I mean, there are um, organisations out there who do things like you know do ghostwriting for um, you know people who want to tell their families kind of life story, which mm-hmm. don't don't pay as well. But something like that can be quite a good way, I think, to get some um, examples under your belt to show what you can do. Um, and then it's probably approaching, you know, editors and, and agents um, or particular people. Mm. And if you think there's someone out there who you think you could, you know, tell their story and, and tell, it, tell it well, you know, approach them. But, you know, as with most things of writing, the, the, the first one is the hardest. Once you've got something under your belt and you've got the experience, then it's easier um, to go out from there. And as you say, it is a, it's a useful thing to do, you know, as a writing career, uh, because writing mm. fiction is, you know, as you know, is you know, you know, it's up up and down and unpredictable. Um, so having another string to your bow is always always useful to have there if you can get it. Mm. It's funny. My father has been working on his uh, life story, but he's been doing it in tandem with AI. So I guess he's okay. like been putting his the, the nuts and bolts of it into the AI and then it like spits out a chapter. Yeah. <laughs> and then he sends it to me like, read this. And I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the you know, salient points are there, I guess. But uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yes, uh, I think it'll get it'll get better. I'm, I'm sure, but it's not it's not there yet. At all. No, 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 exactly. Have you ever been like halfway through a project and just thought, OK, this is not coming together well? That's a good question. No, not not particularly with the ghostwriting, because I think having that initial meeting, kind of knowing whether you're going to get on with someone or or, or not, I, th- I think is the crucial bit. Um, I mean, sometimes the writing's harder for some books than others. Sometimes um, the person you're interviewing is more is more difficult than others. Kind of getting under their under their skin. Um, so I don't know whether I would say I've been lucky or whether that's just you know. Being careful and picking the right um, projects. Um, I mean, I think the most difficult ones I tend to find with these books is when you're brought in halfway through, and I have done that, where mm. you know the book is already a mess and they need someone to kind of <laughs> fix it up. Um, oh. And actually, re- rewriting a script that's not very good in the first place is a lot harder than starting from scratch. I always tend to find so those, those are the ones where it's it's difficult, but uh, it's difficult by the time it gets to me rather than what I've done. No, I think I anyway. Imagine. No, that sounds hard. <laughs> that sounds hard. So, so you're you're also the head of learning for Reedsy, yeah. and you're running their how to write a novel course. So, as a tutor, how are you finding that so far? I'm really enjoying it. So, I, I've taught uh, novel writing for about ten years, and and predominantly kind of online. And this is a yeah, it's a it's a really exciting new course. So, it's um it's a it's a three month sort of hundred and one day course. Um, where the idea is that you you write a full draft um, over that time. So we're suggesting that people write sort of a, a, 
a routine of 5,000 words a week. Um, you get a, a video every day that we recorded earlier in the year on, on a different kind of writing topic to guide you through. Um, and then I host weekly masterclasses. So some of those are with guest authors. Some of those are um, deeper dives on writing topics and some of them are live editing sessions. Um, and there's a community uh, online as well. So it's a... It's it's a combination of different things, but yeah, you know, we've, we've we've got a big group that started in September that's going really really well. We've got um, a course starting um, to tie in with NaNoWriMo at the end of October, and another one in in January. Um, so yeah, it's good fun. And I think one of the things I really like about online teaching is how you get these groups from around the world. I mean, I've taught sort of face to face, but then. The people there, it's always slightly limited because they've got to be people who can get to this classroom at seven o'clock on a Monday night. But here, you know, the group is properly international and you can see these connections being made from people in, you know, Australia or Singapore or Japan or the States or the UK or, or wherever they are. And, and that's mm. really, really nice and encouraging to see. Yeah, and I think one of the big benefits of doing courses is make, finding your writing tribe, basically, because that's how I found all my beta readers. And you know, we have our little WhatsApp group, and we always talk about writing things. And, yeah. uh, it's the only WhatsApp group I like, really. I've gotten on too many. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think writing is, it, it can be quite an isolating thing to do. Oh, so yeah. to find people who are and I think that's the thing about this course, you're going through the writing experience at the same time. So you have mm. those equivalent concerns when you're starting, when you're in the middle, when you're at the end. Um, and also getting feedback as well, I, I, th I think is really, really important. Yes. Sh sharing your work with other people as you go along. Um, yeah. you know, but not, you just, not just learning to take criticism, but also learning to give criticism properly and reading a text and figuring out how somebody else could improve, I think really helps you to learn how to improve. Absolutely, and and I think with a lot of um, a lot of higher education creative courses, that peer to peer critiquing is is fundamental. Mm. Um, and as you say, you learn as much about your own writing from critiquing other people, and then you know reflecting it back on your own work as you do from getting feedback from other people. I think it's a really crucial part of the of the mm. course, actually. And you know, we encourage people. So we have a thing called Feedback Friday, where mm. every Friday you get the opportunity to swap work with with other people, and I, and I always encourage people to use that uh, as much as possible. Oh yeah. That's that's the best bit, <laughs> getting yeah. other people to read your stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but I was listening to you on another podcast, and you were talking a bit about editing, and um, I found some of the things that you were saying really interesting. So you were talking about something called, I think it was accordion method. Was that? Yeah. So I think. Um... So, yeah, I think well, this is my, I'm not sure it's a brilliant analogy, but it's an analogy I use. So when you're rewriting, mm. I think it's a, it, it's a bit like using an accordion. So there, there's some bits you kind of squeeze down and some bits you expand out. Um, so certainly when I write, you get that first draft down, that kind of, you know, draft zero, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and when you go back through, it's working out which bits you need to give more space to, to let them breathe and, and, and write those out in more detail, um, and which bits you can condense down and move on to the, the next bit. Um, there's a fantastic quote from Lee Child I always use where he talks about writing the fast stuff slow and the slow stuff fast. Um, and I think that's really true, both in terms of how you write a scene, but also more structurally as well. So working out where those key plot moments are, telling those almost in slow motion to let that really kind of sink in for the reader. And then the bits where less less is happening, you know, zip the reader on to the next important bit. Um, and quite often I find myself with the editing rather than, you know, that, that second draft coming down in length, it tends to be roughly the same length, but, you know, the balance is completely different between the different scenes where some are bigger and some are shorter. Yeah, no, I thought that was wonderful advice. And uh, and also the, you were saying, uh, go into a scene late and leave early. 
which I think is also very important. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a screenwriting thing, arrive late, leave early. Um, and mm. I think it's, it's probably a good maxim more generally. If you're going to, if you're, you know, not by getting invited to parties these days, but if you go to a party, oh. I think that's always a good, you know, good advice. Get, you know, get there once it's up and running and leave before it all kind of falls apart. You know, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a good maxim to have in the back of your mind for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, if I was having a party, I would definitely invite you because you, this has been a fantastic <laughs> chat. Um, but yeah, no, thank you so much for that. I think that we've given people a lot to think about in a, in a short amount of time. So yeah, thank you very much. You're welcome. Two Lit Chicks is a podcast about the books we love and the writers who write them. And literary quizzes. Let's not forget those. Find all our episodes on our website, juliabogio.com slash two lit chicks. I'm always hearing from writers who are desperate to start or even finish their first book. The advice I always give is to take a course. As they say, you don't know what you don't know, so a course is the best way to get you going. Reezy is one of my favorite online publishing resources, so I'm excited to tell you about their new online How to Write a Novel course, run by author and best-selling ghostwriter Tom Bromley. In this course, you'll learn how to develop a captivating story and finish a draft in just three months. With daily actionable masterclasses and spot-on writing exercises, aspiring authors can apply what they've learned from page one and learn the craft of writing as they delve deeper into their own stories. Two of the things that I've always found the most valuable in courses is learning how to give and receive critical feedback and finding a writing tribe among my peers. The How to Write Your Novel course will give you a supportive community to chat about all things author life. Go to the link in the show notes or go straight to the Readsy website at readsy.com slash learning. Sign up today and get that novel on its way.